2: Visit RealizeTheDream.org. What a day. Martin Luther King Jr. Deserves to have a day named after him.
3: <laughs> All right, Tony Romo.
1: There is that. It's like Michael Scott there. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Luther King deserves to have a day named after him. He almost like forgot the junior, too. He was like, Martin Luther King Jr. He was... <laughs> something else well this is during that broadcast you know, we, we should have as a as a
3: public service hey here's what you missed on the broadcast like if you were at the game I was yeah, at yeah, the yeah. game and sure we're watching replays to see what happens and I know Gene Steratore is going to be talking to those of you that are watching at home and I'm very thankful yeah I'll do respect to Gene Steratore as a person I just hate you know his role and why he is the, the feeling is that he has to be there to tell you I mean ridiculous things. How did bail inspector not recover that fumble, Joe? Can you explain it to me. It
1: was never really explained. Okay. Like they they were looking at whether it hit Fireman's helmet and before. That must have been the ruling. Uh, had to be the ruling that nobody knows. Cool. It was never explained. Good there thing the pool report. Interesting. The rules official there didn't explain what the ruling was. No. Interesting. He also didn't couldn't answer whether or not they were even allowed to look at that because McDermott challenged. The ruling of Balin Specter was out of bounds when he recovered it. Yeah. Are you allowed to rewind four or five seconds before that and look at something else? That's not what McDermott challenged. So, but again, none of that was described, and it also could have been. Did the refs just want to not, you know, get overturned twice in like five minutes? So that was not mentioned on the broadcast, though, no. Romo also, uh, coming out of halftime, had, what, like 15 minutes to to, to put his thoughts together. Uh, and what did he say as the key to the second half, what the Steelers need to do differently? Well, the Bills' punters hurt was his, like, commentary. Hmm. That was it. He just had t- another day where, like, there's no interesting analysis from Romo anymore. It's just him, <laughs> it's him yelping. So he's not even paying attention to the games. No, I and I think multiple times you could hear Nance getting a little bit annoyed with it, like that his his partner is just kind of repeating what he says just louder. Eight oh three oh five fifty.
3: That's what you missed. One eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Tom in Rochester. Hey Tom, good morning,
2: gentlemen. I'm not going to ask you how you are. I'm not going to thank you for taking my phone call. But I guess I did that by saying I wasn't going to do it.
3: Oh well, God. we're doing well just the same.
2: <laughs> I work in radio, so you can understand my uh, sarcasm. Sure. Um, I've done a jazz show at WGMC in Rochester for third, well, 41 years plus. I was at all four AFC Championship victories. I was at the Greatest Comeback game. I had some bills on my show. They were just in, in Greece, Athena High School back in the early, well, mid-80s, like an exhibition game. So I had them just come down to the jazz station and chat. I don't know who it was. It doesn't matter now, but I think that 52. The reason why I called that 52-yard run by Josh Allen to me. In certain plays, I get up out of my chair. You know, if it's a call or, and I stood up and he ran that damn. Button, and he just shook that guy and, uh, I don't know. I thought that was the most, the most exciting Buffalo Bills play, especially by a quarterback in the history of our club. What's your opinion about? That?
3: Boy, he just well,
2: rubbed it. he just rubbed it in their face. Yeah.
3: Most exciting play in like Bills history. It'll be an three.
1: iconic play, right?
3: Yeah. I was going to say two or three of them happened in the, the 13 seconds game. And there right. were unbelievable plays there. I'm also thinking today's the anniversary of the Taron Johnson pick 6, by the way. Right, which was pretty great. But that that one, let's be real. I think that run defines that game. That's that's the number yeah. one play that gets remembered. Shakir play is incredible, too. That's the Taron Johnson game.
1: Yeah. Right?
3: Taron Johnson's play defines that game, and this this run from Allen defines it. That that highlight's going to get shown millions oh, of shown times.
1: It'll get shown at his Hall of Fame uh, induction that's ceremony. That's right.
3: Yeah. that's
1: incredible. Is it the greatest run in franchise history, though? I mean, there's, there's a lot to... To we're Including to all kinds of runs? Because if we're doing that, it, that's Terrence
3: McGee in the Alamo Dome when he got stopped at the two-yard line on a kick return. That's the greatest run I've ever seen in franchise history.
1: A run that he didn't score. It didn't score. It
3: resulted in zero points. That's right. It's too soon. We shouldn't get into it. But yeah, that was a incredible. What else?
1: Uh, Spiller had like 10 in one year, I want to go with
3: Jerry Hughes scooping and score in Denver a couple of years ago. It was really an incredible run. Okay. We don't have to get too far down this road. Thanks, Tom. It was um, it was an amazing was great. moment.
1: I did not think he had that final gear. I really didn't think, even when he got to the hole, like he's not going to run away from these cornerbacks. No, but is he? You,
3: but but you know what it is. And Chris Brown said it like you know how big he is, how strong he is. That's what. That's how Gabe Davis runs. When Gabe Davis gets to top speed, mm-hmm. it's he's not the fastest zero to sixty, and I don't think Allen's the fastest zero to sixty. But once all of that gets moving.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, getting in the way is not a good idea. If I pull up next gen stats right now, is Allen gonna be clocked at like twenty miles per hour on on that run? Like is he gonna be on a list? Will they have it? I don't know if they'll have it this quick, but I mean twenty is pretty fast. Yeah. They fastest ball carriers this week, where is Josh Allen? He is 19.3 miles per hour. All right. And I believe that was the fastest by a bill yesterday. Yep. Not, not, not a big surprise. That would be the fastest by a bill. The only one that topped him in the game, Nick Herbig. I don't even know what play this was on, was clocked at 20. So second fastest play in the game by Allen. Yep. And, I mean, the guys around him on this list, like, they receivers, like Nico Collins. His fastest play of the weekend was slower than Josh Allen. And yeah, he doesn't run a fast 40 time, But The other thing on that play, Patrick Peterson, couple of moments in this game from him. That play against Allen didn't look like he was very interested in tackling Allen at all. Like, d- did not fight at all to get around Andy Isabella, <laughs> who was not some big blocking receiver. And the Deontay Hardy play, kind of the same thing. Like, Patrick Peterson out there at, like, 33 just didn't look interested in, like, the, trying that hard to make tackles. Time
3: for improving the or managing the game. And that's presented by the Financial Guys, Western New York's one-stop financial shop. We can get into, like, how Allen managed the game. Because that's the big – he had a couple big hitters, right? He hit big, big plays when necessary. Yep. But otherwise, a lot of – I mean, Dink and Dunk is probably overselling it. But they – he didn't force the ball too much. The one down the middle where Diggs – Was open and didn't get it over the linebacker right there. Like that's a nice play by the Steelers defender. Yeah, who was in coverage, turned, found it, leaped, and got the ball and got a piece of it. They're maybe fortunate that that didn't get picked off, but whatever. I, I thought it was a really strong game start to finish from Allen. He ran when necessary. Yep. Yeah. He
1: did slide after the touchdown. Yep. On the one where he got hit for McDermott did he he really didn't get tested on anything really like he had the, he had the one fourth down that he went for yeah on the on the field goal that was blocked I don't think it's too hard to argue that okay they kicked a field goal
3: that's fine like that they should have gone for it I, I think you could have definitely gone for it it's the 31 yard line and what was it fourth and fourth and seven. Fourth and seven you could go for that you could definitely go for a fourth and seven at the 31 instead of rolling out a kick and maybe if it's a you know, maybe twenty-one nothing is a spot was like, you know what, let's just take three. If it's zero-zero, I might want you to go for it.
1: It is funny that the blocked field goal element is never mentioned in a decision to go for a field goal. It's always the conservative decision because, well, if I if I throw the ball, I go for it on fourth down. You know, like what something could go wrong. Versus, it's not like automatically nothing can go wrong if you kick the field goal. Yeah, there's there's a reason why right there, blocked field goal, which you know. Did it let the Steelers back in the game? I don't know. They really were never all the way back in.